Hey, Bailey. Hello. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, you just had a really, really exotic year, I think, compared to a lot of people. And I just want to hear all about it. What was last year like for you? So I, okay, so with COVID, I had like a really interesting situation. So my brother, my little brother Cooper, he needed heart surgery. So he was born with Tetralogy of Fallot, and so he had surgery a little while after he was born. But now he's 13 and he needed surgery again. So actually last summer he was supposed to get heart surgery, but we did not feel comfortable, obviously, um, sending him into a hospital to have surgery with cases being so high. And so we decided to wait as long as we could. And because of that, we were waiting. We had to um, like stay isolated that whole time. And so obviously we were isolated with everyone else, but then when people started going back into the world, we still had to stay at home. So I was a virtual student all year. This is like my second or third week of school. And, and it's May, just yeah. so that people know. It's May the 20th. So this is my last week of school, but it's also like my third in person. So that was really interesting. I didn't like leave my house at all for a while. So we went into lockdown last February and I didn't really start leaving my house until July maybe. And even then it was really rare that I'd have anything to go to even, but I still haven't really been inside of someone's house. I haven't really been to a store. Um, yeah, I pretty much only go to school and like a few outside activities and that's pretty much it. Do you, do you mean right now? You're still yeah. only just going to school and a few mm -hmm. outside activities. Um, I'd like to back up, what is the condition that your brother has? So, I'm not an expert, but it's called Tetralogy of Fallot, and it's heart disease, and he was just born with it, and it means different things. There are usually like four things that are wrong, but I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. I know he had, he had an artery put in when he, or like a valve when he was born, and so they had to change it to an adult one now that he's not a mm. baby anymore. So, what, what's his long-term... Gosh, I, I hate this. I'm speaking very clinically about a very personal matter. Um, I, I just want for him to have a long and happy life. And, and I just, I kind of want to know, do the doctors expect him to be healthy and fit? And if he wants to lift weights, he can go lift weights. I mean, what, what do they expect for him? Yeah, so my parents always talk about how lucky they were. Um, they didn't know when they were pregnant that this that there was something wrong with him, but when he was born, the doctor told my parents that he would likely have speech impediments, learning disabilities, physical disabilities, be like mentally handicapped, and we we're very lucky mm. that, other than like um, the few problems with his heart, he's like completely normal, and he loves sports. He plays football and baseball and basketball and soccer, and that's always been his whole life, and he's able to do those right now, like he's been able to. Um, his dream for a while was to be a professional athlete, um, there's always a chance that he'd be able to do that, but I don't think he'll be able to do it professionally, but he does like, we've trying to convince him that he could do something like broadcasting because then he'd still get to like be oh, yeah. like, with sports and he loves stats and stuff like that. And he's so smart. He's a good student. Like, he, yeah, he's, he's doing really well. So I, he I, will be able to live like a normal life. I, I have a book that I would give to him. I, I don't know him, but I know you and I know your mom. And uh, I, I would give him, as a present, a copy of the book Moneyball because it's about baseball and it's loaded with statistics and it's a very entertaining read. I'll chat with you later about that. But, but thank God, it sounds like he's going to live a full and a vigorous life and he can do all kinds of things. Yeah, we're very lucky. Um, I forget about it a lot of times too. And so do other people. Like um, 
I usually forget about it until like the summer when I see like his scar on his chest. Uh -huh. But other than that, he's like, it's so normal and he'll be able to live a completely normal life other than having a few more surgeries down the road. Okay. Does he look like a tough guy with a scar? Yeah. You know, I'm um, thinking like a Clint Eastwood or... Yeah, so it's, it's a really big scar. It goes like all the way down his chest. And so he had it from birth, but they just cut it open again. And, um... I was actually upset after his surgery, I learned that the doctor said they could do the scar the other way, so it would be like train tracks, but my brother wanted it to be on the same spot, but I thought it would be really cool if he had like a cross scar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It would be like the best, the world's best tattoo. No, oh, we talked about like zippers or something like that. I don't think he wants a tattoo on it though. Train tracks, mm -hmm. crucifix, something, cool. something. Yeah. just something very, very cool. That was interesting. We were hoping that he would be able to... Um, get the surgery through a vein in his leg. Okay. But like I said, the surgery was supposed to be last summer and it was just a few weeks ago. Mm. So like the window kind of closed. But hopefully when he's older, like they'll be able to do something different. Okay, so let's just say that, I don't know, in the future he gets the flu or he gets COVID or he gets something else just like an ordinary cold or something or, or a more severe, you know, like right. flu or something. Um, what what do the doctors think? Do they feel like his immune system is good enough that, I mean, hey, if he can play sports, he can lift weights and all that, is he going to be able to handle those situations? Oh, sure. He's had the flu before. He's had cold. He gets strep every year pretty okay. much. Um, he definitely gets sick. You know, he goes to school normally. Um, so he's around different things. And he's usually completely fine. Um, but with COVID, especially, we wanted to make sure that he was not going to get sick. That's why our family... Um, isolated for so long and um, so his surgeon said that there wasn't a guarantee that he would be any better or worse okay. off than anyone else they didn't know like for a fact however we did find out later on that the two other people with his condition who had gotten COVID had both passed away so it kind of like made it let us know that we were probably doing the right thing by really, putting off the surgery right. yeah well, yeah and keeping him safe there was really no way of knowing he could have gotten COVID and been fine or he could have gotten COVID and it been horrible. So we just had to do what was best for our family and what right. we thought was going to keep him safe. Well, I, yeah, in general, there were just so many unknowns right. surrounding COVID last March and April and things like that. My own brother got very sick and was hospitalized for months and all of that. And in some of the ways that they treated him at the time, you know, like sedation and putting him on oxygen, I'm not even sure they do that sort of thing anymore. I, I'm no medical expert either by any stretch, but I, I think some of the things that they did in the early stages, they they were super engaged. I mean, he had a team of doctors and they were working all the time and they were rethinking everything every day and they were just being very careful and balanced about things. But I think after six months or a year, I, I just feel like maybe we've learned so much more and maybe people can begin to relax just a little bit, which would be good. Yeah, just back in February, we really didn't know what was going on, so we kind of took it day by day. Like, we didn't know if I was going to go back to school, or I think our original plan was that I would come back for the second semester, um, but then his surgery got pushed back, and mm. so we had to stay even longer. But I'm still so lucky. I'm even more thankful for my sister. She was a senior, and I wanted her to be able to graduate. For me, I felt like I had already like lost my sophomore year, and like going back really wouldn't change how much I've missed but I was really glad that she got to graduate and that she got to have like her last bit of her senior year. Yeah hallelujah so did she come back in in May with she you basically? Back, she came back the same day as me yeah. Okay I mean I just honestly you took my psychology class in the first semester 
And I just felt so terrible for you. I, I just thought, gosh, these other kids are here and Bailey is at home and she is super engaged and she really wants to participate and she asks good questions and she reads the material and she always has like an interesting story or she's like, hey, have you read this book or listen to this podcast? You just, you were so brimming full of life. And, and then I realized, oh, she's making this sacrifice for her brother. And then I thought, this is the behavior of a saint. You know, I, I, and, you know like on certain levels, I guess you, you don't really have any choice. But, but the difference between like a saint and maybe a bad person is the person who doesn't have any choice would maybe do the wrong thing anyway mm -hmm. if, they were, if they didn't care. But I mean, you stayed at home. And, and I just thought, what a sacrifice. That's really impressive. So it just props off to you for, for doing that for your brother, you know, for your family. I just think that was admirable, well, highly admirable. Yeah, there was one point where I was like, there's no going back at this point. Like I had to, at first it was really easy because everyone was quarantining. But once my friends started going back out and I wasn't able to hang out with them, and especially when people stopped wearing masks, it really bothered me. Mm. I was like, I have sacrificed everything my friendships my school like i've sacrificed everything to do this and other people just seem not to care and so it was really rough but then eventually like when my parents said that i could come back to school i was kind of hesitant i was like at this point i've been doing this for nine months doesn't it make more sense just to like finish out the year online um yeah i mean i gosh like i guess two emotions i'd really like love to know about when, we, when you were at home this entire time, how did you feel about that? And then when you came back and you actually stepped into a school with hundreds of people, you know, just yards away, how did you feel about that? Those two emotions. Yeah, it was like so drastically different. Like I couldn't even have imagined it. Um, being online was just so lonely. Like you said, I really love school. I've always really loved learning even more than school. I've always just liked knowing things and being in a classroom environment. It was just something I really enjoyed. And so it was really hard to be taken away from that and also to see other people still getting to have it. Yes. It was really hard to see other people having what I was missing out on. And I remember I did come for the first day of school just to meet my teachers and it was awful because I knew that I was missing out on it, but it was also awful because I knew it was the right thing to do to stay home. Mm. Because even that first day of school, months ago, people weren't wearing masks, people weren't social distancing, people were running up to me, and I felt so uncomfortable because at that point I still knew it was my responsibility to social distance. And it was like putting candy in front of a toddler and telling them not to eat it. Like, I was at school, but I couldn't experience school because I was having to make oh like the my. choice to push myself away from everyone else. Yeah. Like physically while I was there. Um, so, I mean, you're still isolated even though yeah. you're here and it's just worse. It's, I don't know. It's, it's like one of those things out of Dante in the Inferno when they're in hell where they're the people who are starving to death in hell because they were, I don't know, they did bad things on this earth. They're, they're starving, and then just on the other side of a glass, they, they see all this delicious mm -hmm. food. They see, like, all their favorite foods, and they right. can't. So and it's just on the other side of the glass. To answer your second question, so at home it was really lonely to see people on like in the classroom from being online. But when I got back, it was crazy overwhelming. Like, I thought I would be so happy to be back and see all these people, but it was so much stuff that I wasn't even prepared for. Like, I had been mm -hmm. sitting at my desk in my chair every single day 
all year. And I was used to that. And I'm like a really big routine person. Okay. And I really thrive on that. So it really messed me up. But then things started to annoy me that I didn't even know were like things. So at home, I would sit with a blanket on my lap at my computer. I just really liked the weight of it. Okay. So it wasn't that I was cold at school, but when I went back to school, I was like, I wish I had a blanket. Yeah, where's my blanket? Yeah. And then another thing, other people making noises on Zoom, you can't hear other people's noises and like in the background. Plus I could turn it down if it was ever too loud. So at school, it was so overwhelming to hear the smallest things even. So conversations, first of all, are obviously like really loud, but people clicking a pen or like scratching their head or something like that or like shuffling papers even like small things i was just so unused to yeah. other people being around me in the yeah. same environment and like making noises it was just so unnatural well it makes me think somebody out there could offer a business or they could offer therapy for people who have been quarantined for well over a year because some people have been mm -hmm. and and just help them just reacclimate to society right. because yeah, I get it. I mean, let's say you were taking a really important test and the kid behind you was tapping his pencil right. I on the desk. Right, I focus on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It seems like a little thing, but I guess psychologists have kind of shown that those little things uh, it can just drive you batty. Mm -hmm. But if it's super noisy, like if everybody is talking all at the same time, like if 20 right. people, you could probably sit in the corner and read a book and be absolutely fine. Because right. I guess that's white noise or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah, then so have, you, have really, you adjusted to that yet? Because it's only been about three weeks. Yeah. So at first it was really like an overload of like every day, especially from the lights are so bright at school. And in my room, I would just have a lamp on. And so when I came back, I would get a headache at the end of the mm. day, like just from the lights being so bright. And so my first week, like even now, I'll come home and like sleep. Okay. Like I'll take a nap when I get home. I did last night too. But especially the first week of school, I would just come home and sleep because it was so exhausting. I felt like, well, there was a lot. Like, mentally it was exhausting, too, because I was talking to people who I was, I would never talk to people when I was online. Obviously, I wouldn't have, like, that face-to-face. -face. So well, it's, it was, it's so hard. I mean, as the instructor, you, you want to include the person at home. Right. So there were a few times I would take the laptop around mm -hmm. to individual kids and say, Jamie, would you please chat with Bailey for a little bit? Or right. Bob, would you please chat with Bailey? And but it was just then so they don't different. know what to say. Yeah, you know? and it would be really awkward. That was one thing. Where even when it was so sweet of teachers to like try to make an effort to have me participate in class because I knew I love participation. But it was so uncomfortable because I didn't really know anyone and no one knew me. And I know like it was probably just weird to talk to like the random girl on the computer so yeah yeah it's I it's a tough situation I right. think for everybody involved but especially for you so so now that you're back it's sensory overload right. and I you're am getting used to it very quickly like some days I'm like I can't believe I've been here for two weeks but other days I'm like I feel like I never left sort of thing um sometimes I'll be like oh my gosh it's just like I'm at school again but then other times I'm like oh Tomorrow's my last day of school. Yeah. Well, I want to ask then about your one of your big extracurriculars that you do. You were involved in a bunch of plays. Yes. And I would just would love to hear some of the stories about some of the plays. Sure. So I have been doing theater since I was seven. And I always loved performing as a kid. I was such a drama queen, such a performer, um, always putting on costumes. I would stand on the fireplace and sing made-up songs. So... Honestly, looking back on it, I think I started doing theater 
because no one else in my family did theater. I think it was kind of a middle child thing because once I started, my sister eventually started. And once she started doing theater, I actually quit for a few years. But then once she realized she didn't like it, I did it again. And I kind of regret that. But I think it was like my thing where I could be different and in the spotlight, literally. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my first show was when I was seven and I've done like 15 shows. You've done 15 shows. Mm -hmm. You've done I 15. Um, okay, uh, tell me two or three of the shows that you were in. Okay. Or if you can rattle off oh, all I 15. Can, yeah. Well, then let's do that. Okay, let's hear all 15. So my first show ever was Best Christmas Pageant Ever. And it's based off a book. And it was these kids putting on a Christmas pageant. And so I was one of the kids, but the kid in the show played a camel. So my first role, we joke, was a camel. Okay. Then I was in Peter Pan, and I was a lost boy. And then I was in Frog and Toad, and I was a mouse. Then I was in Hairspray, and I was just a citizen. Then I was in Willy Wonka, and I was an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> and then I was in Narnia, and I was a fairy. Then I did Willy Wonka again, and I was Veruca Salt. And then I did Narnia again, and I was Lucy. And then I did Lion King, and I was a specialty dancer, like one of the lionesses. And then I did Legally Blonde, and I was Whitney. I did Hello Dolly here at St. James, and I was Minnie Faye. And then I did, oh, what else? I'm forgetting one. Oh, this summer I'm doing Mamma Mia, and I'm Allie, and I'm so excited for that. Nice. Um, and then I've done a few plays. So I did, the play last year was As It Is In Heaven, and I did the play this year, The Visitors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you did The Visitors, and okay, was that, that was in person, wasn't it? Yes. So, oh, but yeah. the audience wasn't in person. The actresses were in person. Mm -hmm. How did that go? So that was actually one thing I was allowed to do. I started the rehearsal process online. But a few days a week, I'd get to come up because it was a really small group of people and I was wearing my mask and I'd pretty much stand in the back of the choir room. And so that I was really lucky to have that because it was the one time I'd leave my house. And I was joking with the director the other day. We were talking about how I would just come in and talk and talk and talk. And they'd be like, okay, we have to get on with rehearsal now. And I was like, I'm sorry, you are the only people I talk to every day because it was when I was still online. And so that was like my only outlet to get out of the house. You know, you remind me of this story. This is gonna sound so crazy to you. And, and I hope it's, it's maybe not an apt comparison, but I read John McCain, Senator John McCain's autobiography, which was, I think, written by somebody else, ironically. But he was a prisoner of war and then he was put in solitary confinement. And so he, what he said was every six months, they'd pull you out of solitary confinement and let you sit with another prisoner. And he said both prisoners would talk to each other nonstop. Like they would talk for literally three hours, both of them talking at the exact same time, not listening to the other man at all, just both of them simultaneously talk, 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 talk. Just, you probably had to get it all out right. of your system. That's true. I could have talked to literally anyone about anything for hours. I just, because most days I would talk to four people. At most, some days I wouldn't really even see my siblings. Oh, wow. But it was like the days just dragged on and on and it was the same thing and it was awful. Yeah. And so I'd really only talk to four people a day. So once I was able to come up for the visitors, I would just talk to anyone about anything. Yeah. It's, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do this summer then? So like I said, I'm doing Mama Mia this summer and I'm so excited for that. Um, the cast list just came out the other night and I'm so excited. I'm an understudy, which I've never gotten to do before. So that's a new challenge. Like I get to do the same thing, which is acting, but from like a new perspective. So I'll get to watch the other girls and like take notes. And I'm really excited because the girl I'm understudying for is like such an inspiration to me. I love her so much. So I can't wait to be doing that this summer. What, what do you love about her? 
And, and just so that people know, if you are an understudy, usually it's because you're in one of the top four parts, right? Oh, uh, yeah. They did some more understudies this year because of COVID, just to make sure if someone got sick. Okay. But yeah, I'm But so you're excited. still kind of in the top group, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm, wow, you're, yeah. you're climbing the ladder that here. Was, that was so exciting for me because this is my first year with this group. I've never worked with them before. And I'm so excited. Even when I got a call back, I was like, this is so exciting. I didn't even think I was going to get to re-audition for it. So That's it so, so great. Yeah, That's I'm absolutely really great. Um, so what else are you doing with yourself this summer hmm. to get um, yourself out of the house? Right. So that will take up a lot of my time. I get to do summer PE. Okay. So that's fun. Oh, I'll <laughs> be vaccinated by this summer. Okay. Um, I think I get my second vaccine, the third. So that'll be really fun. Um, then you can be free to go almost anywhere. Right. I don't know if I will. It's like so uncomfortable for me even to be without a mask on or be close to someone still. Like, it's so natural now to wear masks. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Okay, so yeah, you've gotten used to it. And mm-hmm. do you want to deacclimate eventually from masks? You know, like if this were five years from now, and if 1% of the American population is wearing a mask, uh, what would you want to do? I was thinking about that. Um, I guess if most people aren't, if I felt comfortable, I wouldn't. I'm not sure, like, how it's going to be if you have to get revaccinated or whatever. But I was thinking about that, how, like, I usually get the cold or a flu. And I don't mm. know if it's because I didn't leave my house, but I haven't gotten a cold. And some people said because of masks, people weren't getting sick as much. So it's like, that's kind of a good deal, you know? They don't really bother me. I know a lot of people don't like masks, but I can wear mine all day at school and it won't bother me. Okay, so you're not yeah. quite sure what you're going to be doing five years from now oh, in terms of that. five years from now, I... Hopefully, I, we won't have to wear masks. Right. Yeah. yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Okay. What are your hopes and aspirations for next school year? So, freshman year, I was really involved. A lot of people see freshman year as, like, their year just to try out things. Well, not even try out things. Just, like, you know, fly under the radar to see what high school's like. But I'm really thankful because freshman year, I was in seven clubs. I did the musical and the play. I ran track. I was house captain. So, I got to do as much as I could. And I'm so thankful for that because I didn't get to do anything this year. So I hope next year I can re-enter some of those activities. What were some of the clubs and activities? That's, by the way, that's amazing. You ran track, you were involved in plays, and you were in seven clubs. I really enjoyed the clubs. I'm just happy if I can get out of bed in the morning. I'm just really impressed with, with all the stuff that you're doing. That's just great. Thank you. So I did service club, and I didn't get to do that this year, but I really liked it. Um, it was just little volunteer activities, and we would meet in the morning before school, and it was it was a really great group of people, and I really liked it. It was super fun. And what else? I did sticker club, but I think the whole school's in sticker club. They did. Right? They did. I, somebody told me that sticker club at a certain point had something like one-fourth of the school I don't know if anyone's really in it. I feel like we all just grab stickers when we see them. I, I just feel like sticker club is just something everybody can do because everybody else is doing it. Right, but it's it's perfect like that. Yeah. Like, I think it really works how they're doing it. Yeah, it's not um, about the stickers. It's about the other 220 people. Yes. So I did... Thunder for Life, um, Coffee Club, oh, I'm forgetting, oh, Disney Club, Lemon Club, yeah. What's your What's your biggest role in the clubs, or do people just get together and say, oh, you know, I really much. like lemons, or whatever whatever the oh, club might Lemons be. Club was for Alex's Lemonade. So I, I know. Yeah. Um, as a freshman, I didn't get to do much. I think Thunder Service Club is the most organized, where they have like a president and a vice president. But a lot of them were just fun. Like Disney Club, we met a few times and just did Disney trivia. Coffee Club, they just had coffee and little treats. 
Um, but there were fun stuff like that where it was just nice. I really miss Thunderblock, but just nice little meetings you get to have with other people with like a common interest. I thought that was so fun. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. If you were going to start a club, what would you start? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. I'd probably want to start a show choir. Or I wish our school had a show choir, but they don't have enough like room in the classes to do it, so I'd probably start a show choir. Okay, so for people who don't know, what is a show choir? So it's like a normal choir, except it's with pop songs or like the top 100 on the charts. Um, so it's more like modern songs than choral. And you kind of dance and sing, and it's just a really fun time. So I've done a show choir this past year outside of St. James, and I've loved it so much. What did you sing in it? Um, we sang a lot of songs. So we did Decades once, and we did Heaven is a Place on Earth, and we did a medley. It was a seven-minute song, which is awful to dance to, but it was so much fun. We did Toxic, Telephone, Bad Romance, Applause, Express Yourself, um, Single Ladies, and then we also did Wings. I think those were our songs that we did. So we've kind of talked about your aspirations for next year. Where do you kind of see your life going? I mean, I mean, I realize you're 15, yeah. and and other people are going to think, oh, she's probably going to change her mind, her mind right. 15 times and all that. But but just you know, where, where do you kind of see it going? Um, I kind of just want to do something I love because I've always said that I'd rather try and fail than I've never tried at all. Um, I love theater more than anything else, but I know that's a really competitive field, and a lot of people go into it and end up failing. But I kind of don't want to grow up and look back on my life and think, like, what if, you know? Yeah. I would kind of like to go, and even if I have to, like, waitress for years and never make money and never get a job, at least I know I didn't yeah. make it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That one's kind of... I'm still debating that. I am a really big planner, and I like to have my life planned out. But I don't know with my future. Um, I really enjoy graphic design, and I think it would be a fun job that incorporates everything I love. So I love art. And I also love traveling and photography. So if I got to work with like a specific brand, oh, and I like working with people so I could help them like reach their mission and their brand and like convey their ideas through art. And I could also like work on other stuff that I love. Wow, that's pretty fantastic. Do you mind if I give you just a little bit of advice in terms oh, sure. of arts? And, and I'm not brilliant at this. I've just read and listened to other people. And my feeling is, is just work at it every day. Yeah. You'll probably enjoy yourself thoroughly if you're always either acting or graphic designing or singing or just kind of working at it just a little bit every day. Mm -hmm. And who knows? Just who knows how good you'll get. Right. Um, I think you're already very, very good. Thank you. Um, that is interesting with like working on it. If I have like a lot going on, I do get really stressed, but then I'm also so happy. So last week I had 40 hours of theater and obviously that's really overwhelming, especially with schoolwork. But it was so rewarding, you know, in the end to like have gotten to do everything that I love. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love your philosophy of giving things a try because I've, I've read things by extremely old people, people in their 90s and 100 and things like that. And they always say that the things that you regret in life, it's usually not the stupid things that you did because no matter what you do, we're all going to do plenty of foolish right. things. The things that people regret are the things that they don't try at least, that's what I've read from really old people. Hey, Bailey, I just have one last question for you for this time, but I okay. hope that we can do this again in the future. My, my last question is, is, the other day you mentioned, I think, every hobby and activity that you'd ever tried. And 
The list was so amazing to me. I was just hoping that you could recap it right now. Of course, yes. So let's see if I can get them all. So I did play sports, even though they didn't really go well, but I did basketball, volleyball, sand volleyball, soccer, track, cross country. And then I tried some weird sports like horseback riding, archery, rock climbing. Yeah, I think those are the other, like the weird ones I tried. Okay. Um, then I tried, I did a lot of art. Um, so sewing, fashion, painting, makeup, pastels, sculpting, carving, paper mache, the works. Um, I tried nail art. Nail art. Yeah, that one was a fun one. Um, I tried jewelry making. Um, let's think. That's a lot of them. Oh, I tried baking, cooking, crafting, home decor. Yeah, we've, I've tried it all. I am pretty impressed. That's quite the extensive list, and it just shows that you have a very open and flexible personality. I just really like, I'm not very spontaneous. Like I said, I really like to have things planned out, but I really like trying new things because I always hope that I like them. And then if not, it like reassures the things I do like. Yeah, oh, for sure. You try something and then you realize this is awful. I would rather be fill in the blank, riding right. horses or baking or something like that. Yeah, and make so. sure that the things you don't like, you don't like, and the things that you do like, you really love. And those are your favorite things to do. Well, I thought that was going to be my last question, but I think I have just one more. Um, can you list five or six things, seven things that you would like to try in the future? Oh, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I definitely have like a bucket list. Oh, yes. I would love to learn how to play an instrument. When I was little, I did piano, but like most kids, it didn't really go well. I also did guitar for a few years, but again, that didn't really stick. So I would especially love violin. That's my favorite instrument. Mm. So I'd like to do that. Um, oh, I forgot when I was listing my hobbies, I did dance ever since I was two, all types of dance. And I've always had such an admiration for ballerinas, especially when I was little, I wanted to be a ballerina. And so I'd love to do ballet again. Um, but I guess with trying something new. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm trying to think. I have tried so many different things. What other hobbies have I not tried? Um, hmm. Gosh, I can't think of anything that I... Scuba have. diving. That's a fun one. I think that would be more of a vo like a vacation thing. I'm trying to think of something that I would want to do as a hobby. Oh, as a hobby. Yeah. Bread baking. That's a good one. Um, sourdough is one of my favorite foods, and I have thought about starting bread baking because that does seem really fun. Oh, knitting and like crocheting. I think that would be so adorable. Like I love when people knit things. That's so cute. So I think that I would like to try more like artistic stuff, still in the same vein of what I've usually done, but different mediums and different styles I think would be really fun. Well, I think that's about 10 clubs that you could start next year at St. James. Oh yeah, the scuba diving club. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, next to bread baking and right. knitting and scuba diving yes. and cordless bungee jumping oh, and just everything yeah. else. try it all. Yeah, try it all. Bailey, this was fantastic and let's do it again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.